And I remind you also that Manchester City won yesterday. Oh. <laughs> they won the treble. So Manchester will be alive with all shouts and praises. But it can never compare with what's going to happen <laughs> when Jesus appears, I tell you. Amen? We've got a great song to sing. We've got a great shout to shout because he is the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Champion of Champions, the Blessed Redeemer. No one can compare to our wonderful Lord. Amen. So we love our God. We love Jesus because he has done so much for us and has um, prepared a wonderful eternity for us. But uh, we're also looking forward to the time when we shall rule and reign with him. The Bible says that that is going to happen. And so that's going to be a wonderful time on the planet. Amen. Hallelujah. I want to speak to you again from Hebrews. Again, I'm going to spend a few weeks with this. But um, the glorious house of God. I want to speak to you about the glorious house of God. Hebrews chapter 3, verses 1 to 6. And I'm going to read from... Um, uh, the King James Version. It's the only version I know. The others don't compare. They don't have the these and the thous. So I don't understand them. <laughs> Giving away my age. <laughs> Chapter 3, verse 1. Therefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling... Consider the apostle and high priest of our confession, Christ Jesus, who was faithful to him who appointed him, as Moses also was faithful in all his house. For this one has been counted worthy of more glory than Moses, inasmuch as he who built the house has more honor than the house. For every house is built by, by someone, but he who built all things is God. Jesus was in the beginning, was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. Amen? All things were made by Him. Without Him was not anything made that was made. I love Hebrews. It brings out all this powerful truth all the time. And Moses indeed was faithful in all his house as a servant for a testimony of those things which would be spoken afterwards. But Christ as a son over his own house whose house we are, if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm to the end. Hebrews is, is for me, one of the most amazing epistles uh, because it, it covers the work of Jesus so powerfully. And uh, together with Ephesians, uh, it, it just gives us such insight into the work of what Jesus Christ has done for us, but also what he has given to the church and what he has enabled the church to do and be. And so uh, I, I love uh, this epistle of Hebrews. And I'm just going to, just for the sake of some that, that were not here last time I spoke, that uh, the first four verses are so powerful 
of chapter 1, God, who at sundry times in, in diverse manners spoke unto the fathers by the prophets, has in his last days spoken to us by his son Jesus, whom he has appointed heir of all things, who being the brightness of God's glory, the express image of his person, upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Amen. Having been made so much better than the angels. Why was that said? It was said because in those days there was pressure on the church. There was backsliding. There was all kinds of pressure coming from uh, Antichrist. People that were trying to destroy the church. And the Hebrew Christians were leaving. There was too much pressure to follow Jesus was hard and tough. We have it quite easy now, don't we? There are some parts in the world where people still suffer for the name of Christ. They, they have difficulty serving Jesus. They have to do it at night. They have to go underground. And there's always been this kind of pressure on the church of the Lord Jesus Christ in various parts of the world. And so the Christians were, back, they were not backsliding. They were under pressure. And um, so in various parts of the world, the, the, the diaspora, the diaspora of the, of the Jews had, uh, was, had spread the Jews all over. Even the Christian Jews had gone into the Roman Empire, wherever they could hide, wherever they could go and find work and start new lives. And there were Christians there and they were coming under pressure. And so we have the epistle of, of, of Hebrews written to them where he says, come on, Hebrews, Israelites, children of God, don't give up. Don't give up on Jesus. No one can compare to him. Amen? No one can compare to him. He is he's the wonderful Savior. He's the Lord. Don't give up because you've come out of darkness. You've come into the wonderful, glorious light of the gospel. Don't give up on God. And so that is... The first four verses describes this powerful Jesus who was in the beginning, performs wonderfully, powerfully. God did speak through the, 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 um, the prophets of old, but now speaks through Jesus and continues to speak. He speaks by his spirit now, by the spirit of God, ministering into our lives and into our hearts. And that is the reality of Christianity. If you just go to church and you don't experience the voice of God, there's something wrong with your experience in God. And so the whole thing is simply this. Jesus is alive. He lives in our hearts by the power of the Holy Spirit. He comes to give us life more abundantly. And He speaks. He lives in us. And He brings truth and life into the church and into our very hearts and lives. And so He introduces us uh, in the, in uh, chapter one, and then also uh, there were there were people in 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 those days that were saying that Jesus really didn't shape up to the angels even. <clears throat> they were saying the angels were greater than Jesus, <laughs> and the first four verses just quietens that immediately. Jesus is above all; he's the creator of heaven and earth. But then he goes on to just prove from the Old Testament scriptures that Jesus is above all. And the angels uh, um, uh, bowed to him when he was born. 
when, when he comes into the world, all the angels bow and worship him, it says, how can the angels be greater than Jesus? Impossible. And so we have this, this uh, 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 discussion that he brings up in the, in, the, in the epistle of Hebrews, saying Jesus is greater than the angels. And then he says Jesus uh, also does something else in Hebrews chapter 2, verses 9 and 10. He lowers himself a little lower than the angels. For what reason? For the suffering of death. He says, I will, I will put, take on the form of humanity. I'll, I'll become a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, that I might take men out of darkness into light, and I can bring them into the family of God because of what will happen to them through the power of the Holy Ghost. And so this is the work of, 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 of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then the, the, the writer here uh, comes up with some amazing insights, and he says in Hebrews 2, verses 9 and 10, but we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, might taste death for everyone. That he might taste death for everyone. He had to. He had to taste death for us. For it was fitting for him, for whom are all things and by whom are all things, in bringing many sons to glory, to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. He had to suffer. He had to die to bring us into sonship. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. If he didn't do that, this wouldn't be here today. The church wouldn't be. And so he says, I will, I will allow myself to take on the form of humanity, lower myself below the angels for the suffering of death, to bring us into sonship with God. Wow. We are truly the sons of God. The originator of salvation. Without suffering, he could not have died. Without dying, he could not have made atonement for our sin. And without completing his redemptive work, he could not have been perfected. It says that he was the perfect, perfect sacrifice. Amen? Perfect sacrifice. Goes all the way. It was, it was, it could have been so easy for him in the Garden of Gethsemane just to have said, I am not going to go through this. This is too hard. And then we hear him on the cross saying, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? For those moments cut off from the presence of God to bring us into the presence of God for all eternity. You see, what a savior. What a savior. And so he, he does all of this for us. He comes to die for you and I because we carry the image of God. Now we have to see this. He didn't die for angels. Angels are just created beings. But we are in the image of God. We are in the image of God. Spirit, soul, body, mind. Something about us that God wants to redeem and save. The devil messed it up with Adam. And the whole history, the whole history is to bring man back. 
The Bible tells us how God's going to bring man back, and it's all details, spoken. Thank God it gets fulfilled. Jesus dies, rises again from the dead, goes into Hades. <laughs> I mean, that's powerful. Goes into Hades. All the saints that had died before Jesus went to the cross, they are there waiting, waiting for him to come and redeem them. Waiting for that wonderful day when Christ would come. And he dies, sheds his blood straight to heaven and says, Father, yeah, yeah is the blood. Put it on, on the altar. Thank you for the word, altar. <laughs> Put it on the altar and then went back into Hades and cleared out Hades. I, I just love it that Jesus... <laughs> Goes into Hades and says he preaches. <laughs> He's there for three days and they all get born again. How's that one? <laughs> because he was now bringing the Spirit, <laughs> the Holy Ghost. They all get born again and straight to heaven they go. And Hades is cleared out. The good side of Hades. You know there's another side. <laughs> there's a side that is lost. Waiting for a day of judgment. But the good side in Abraham's bosom, they're all taken into heaven. What a champion day that was for Jesus. All the Old Testament saints said, Hallelujah! <laughs> At last! <laughs> At last! He has come for us. The work has been done. And the reason is simply this. To bring many sons to glory. He comes to die for you and I because we carry the image of God. The whole, and um, uh, he puts on the, uh, the tabernacle of man to be an authentic savior. An authentic savior. I was just thinking about that today. Everything about Jesus is authentic. We don't serve a Christ that is not authentic. He's, he's the one. There is no other one. I had people come yesterday from Jehovah's Witness. You know they're not okay. Good day, sir. <laughs> How are you? It's a beautiful day, isn't it? I said, yeah, it really is. Lovely day. Sun shining. And we talked about the sun and all the rest of it. And they said, well, we'd like to see. I said, look, I, I don't go with you guys on this. I said, because, you know, Jesus um, is the son of God. Oh, yeah, we believe that. And uh, Jesus, you know, he paid the price for sin. Oh, we know that. And I said, but Jesus is God the Son. Oh, no. Not that one. And that, that nearly threw them over. <laughs> they nearly fainted. <laughs> they say, who are you? So I, I say, I'm a pastor from South Africa. Oh. <laughs> I said, <laughs> it takes God the Son. God the Son. To save humanity. And they said, oh, tell us more. And I shared with them. I shared with them. <laughs> if God the Son doesn't die for us, there's no hope. 
They said, they said no, we, we believe Jesus was just a created being. No, 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 a created being can't die for my sin. But Jesus, God the Son, from the heart of the Father, comes to redeem humanity. Woo! Hallelujah. <laughs> so I said, give me, your, give me your phone number. I'm going to send you something to, to read. And, but you know what? Well, they were such nice people. My heart went out to those, those dear ladies. You know, they, there they were knocking on the door. More than Christians do. Now it's quiet here. We're going to have Apostle Gomez come on the 4th of July. We're going to get another few thousand of these. Uh, can I have that? Where's that one? I'm just going to take this off. And God is doing something. And I don't want you to miss on this. Um, an apostle. Now, some people want to say, oh, there's, no, there's no such thing. There are apostles. I'm going to reach, get to this just now. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. This is an apostle. God is doing something again through apostolic ministries, fivefold ministries, apostles, evangelists, teachers, pastors, leaders. And so this man is coming, um, and, and uh, on the Saturday before, the, the Tuesday, Wednesday, we're going to hit the streets in Bradford. We're going to give these out in, the, in the, the, the areas where folk reside. But we'd also like you to take at least maybe 10 of these. We're going to get some more. And just give to your neighbors and a little closer to the time before he comes to minister. And... Um, God is bringing different ministries here. In July, we're getting another ministry from Australia. Yeah, um, August. In August, another ministry coming. We've had ministries pass through us all the time. God's doing something in Bradford. Amen. May the river flow. <laughs> May the river of God flow. Okay. Let me get back to this. The reason, <laughs> the reason why Jesus came was to bring sons to glory. The glory of sonship. Not going to church only. And I want you to get hold of this today. A church is nice. I mean, come on. It was so noisy in here. Wasn't it nice today? Was it good noise? Yes. Worship. Flowing from hearts and lives that are grateful and gra in gratitude to, to, to the Lord Jesus Christ. And so, uh, but the whole thing is this, to bring sons to glory. To bring sons to glory. To bring us to a place that we never experienced before. That we didn't have before. That we would not know unless Jesus came. This wonderful glory of sonship. Honor. The wonderful honor of sonship. This is the reason for missions. This is the reason for missions. You know, I've shared this with you. One of the greatest missionaries I've ever met was Mr. William F. P. Burton. From, was he a Lancashire? I think he was, yeah. Preston. Is that still part of your territory? Or? Just up the road. One of many great men of God that have come to this, that have come from this nation into Africa. My, he came. And uh, what a stir there was in Africa. Not just him. There were other men. C.D. Studd. 
people that once they received the glory of sonship, I think CDCT Stud gave away all his money to come to missions. Why? Because they found the glory of sonship. They found the glory of sonship. Sonship isn't there just to make you wealthy. Sonship is, is given to us to make the world wealthy with the knowledge of God. This is the gospel. Come on, I need a bigger yay, 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 yay. This is the gospel. That men would get hold of truth and say, everything else means nothing. I will go and give my life for Jesus. I will go and give my life for the kingdom. Sonship does this. Once you get hold of sonship, you just say, wow, I'm part of the great kingdom of God, and I want to share that. William F.P. Burton went to, to the Congo, and what mighty miracles they had. He relates one story where he came into a village, and the village people gathered around him, and the village people said to him, there were... There were two men in white apparel, and we could hardly look at them. They came into our village, and they said, a man is coming, and he's going to share something with you about one who gave his life for you. He's going to share with you the way to salvation. And you know what? When the missionaries came, they said, oh, why did you take so long to get here? <laughs> and wow. How they touched that village and that whole region was covered by the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, God prepared those people so that they could also inherit this wonderful salvation and sonship that we talk about. Sonship. I'm just going to, you can, I think we've got the scriptures up. I'm going to read and I just want you to get hold of what I'm speaking about today. Sonship. You are the house of God. Okay, there's two of you. I'm going to prove it to you. You are the house of God. You're, you're the ecclesia. But you are also the house of God, the dwelling place of the Holy Spirit. People can see Jesus. Some of you are a window. <laughs> Some of you are a door. <laughs> yeah? In the house. Some of you have got attributes that shine, that bring the glory of Jesus to the hearts of men and women as the household of God. You say, oh, I just go to church once a week. No more. You are the house of God. Every day, someone looks through you, into you. They see something that you have, hopefully. Hopefully. Hopefully we have something that is shining with the glory of God. Amen. Let me tell you what sons, the sons of God are. Romans 5, 17. For if by one man's offense death reigned through one, 
much more those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. Sonship makes us reign in life. Come on, say amen. You're a, you reign. And I trust you are reigning in life. I trust you grabbing hold of why you are and why you are going there. Because if you don't, you're in no man's land. And that's not the place for God's people. Did you hear that? When life is empty as a Christian, you need Holy Ghost. You need the Spirit of God to grab hold of your life. Reign in life by one Jesus Christ. Number two, we reign in life. Number two, honor. Hebrews 2 verse 10, bringing many sons to glory, to honor. For it was fitting for him, for whom are all things and by whom are all things. In bringing many sons to glory, to honor, lifting us to another level in life. Making us fit for heaven. To make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. Perfect perfect. Jesus, perfect salvation, perfect offering of himself to give us honor, make us sons of God. Whoa. Glory, bringing many sons to glory, honor. Number three, God, we are part of God's family. Galatians 3, 26 to 28. For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of, of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. <laughs> Sons and heirs. Glory to God. What wealth we have. We are ambassadors. 2 Corinthians 5, 20-21. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were pleading through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf to be reconciled to God. For he, he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us. That we might become the righteousness of God in him. Ambassadors, open your mouth. Let the word of God flow. Let the life of Jesus shine through you. Let the righteousness of God be apparent to your neighbor. Cut your lawn. You don't have a lawn. What I'm saying to you is this. Everything about you as a Christian needs to be impeccable in God. Very quiet now. But I'm challenging you. I'm challenging you to be an ambassador. When people come in into the area where you live, they say, that guy. His house, his family. Go like this. <laughs> you see where I'm going? You are ambassadors, nothing short of ambassadors for him on his behalf. We have a new man status, Ephesians 5, uh, 2, verses 15 and 16. Having abolished in his flesh, in his flesh, the enmity, 
That is the law of commandments containing ordinances. So as to create in himself one new man from the two, thus making peace, and that he might reconcile them both to God in one body through the cross, thereby putting to death the enmity. No more difference between Jew and Gentile. No more, no more difference. Now we are one in Christ Jesus. Now the Jews can't say to us, oh, you Gentiles. <laughs> no, sons of God. Now we all are sons of God through the wonderful work of Jesus. No one can look down on us. We have a standing with God, a new man's status, a new man's status that we can show our unity together as Jew and Gentile coming to Christ in a marvelous way. Number six, sons of God are gifted. 1 Corinthians 12, 8 to 10. 4 to 1 is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. To another, the word of knowledge through the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healings by the same Spirit. To another, working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, different kinds of tongues. To another, interpretation of tongues. A gifted people. A gifted people. I'm saying find your gift. With all your heart. Fast and pray. Seek God. Lord, what's my place in the body of Christ? Where do I fit? How can I make a difference? Learn to pray. Learn to pray. Learn to pray. And I say it again. Learn to pray. It's time to pray. It's time to intercede. It's, it, it's time to move mountains. Whosoever shall say to this mountain, how does he say it? In prayer. Speak to the mountains. Become a living part of the body of Christ. Members in particular. Gifted. Sons of God. A fruitful character, James 5, uh, Galatians 5, 22 to 24. Listen to this. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. And those who are Christ's have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. A fruitful character. I'm not what I used to be. Hmm? And I'm somewhere in the future... And I look much better than I look right now. Come on. <laughs> we keep going. We keep moving. We're, we're growing with God. I'm somewhere in the future. Look much better than I look right now. Mm. When are they going to have that competition again? I think I'll enter, you know. What do they call it? <laughs> Number eight, we rule and reign. This is the future. We are kings and priests. We, are, we, are, we rule and reign and have made us kings and priests to our God, and we shall reign on the earth. This is something that is, is going to happen when he comes and establishes the, his kingdom. Kings and priests unto God. And we shall rule and reign with him. Wow. Wow. That's sonship. 
That's sonship, guys. Kings and priests, Revelation 1, 6, and has made us kings and priests unto a God uh, and his Father, and to him be glory and dominion forever and forever. Amen. Sonship now, but oh, we go into the future, and we have a wonderful day, and there's a great coronation. Woo-hoo. Kings and priests. There's neither Jew nor Gentile, neither male or female. So it could be that you could become kings, ladies. <laughs> Rulers with him. Because there's no such thing. We're all one in Christ. New creatures. Wonderful. A new day. A new dimension of life. So, Hebrew Christians, this is the man writing, don't leave, because what you've got is a deposit of greatness in your hearts. That's what he's saying. So much has been given. How can you possibly want to go back? How can you want to go back to the old way of worship? How can you go back? Deuteronomy 28, 15 to 68. The curses of the law, under the law. Do you know that there were 53 verses of cursing? Hebrews, you want to go back to cursing? No, no. No, no. Even the blessings that, that are there, they're wonderful. But it's nothing compared to sonship. Sonship embraces all of it. But nothing compared to sonship. Don't go back. Hebrews, he says, uh, you know, why go back to all those old offerings and all those old, um, you know, those, uh, those feasts. You have to go up to Jerusalem at least twice or three times a, a year to present yourself to the Lord. He says, the Lord liveth in you. Why do you want to abandon that? God in you, the hope of glory. Saying to all of you, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Live it. Believe it. Exercise it. Offerings are futile. The feasts are gone. Do not rely the reality of Jesus. Some were saying Jesus less than the angels, less than Moses. And then he gets to this wonderful part here. He says, Moses indeed was faithful in all his house as a servant, doing what God instructed him to do. His ultimate goal was to lead the Israelites into the promised land. But there was failure. There was terrible failure. They could not enter in. Because of one thing, says unbelief. So I, I, I speak to your heart this morning. There are difficult days on the planet. The churches are, are being challenged worldwide to fall for so much stuff that is now trying to make its way into the, into the church, into the kingdom of God. And it's going to take men and women that know sonship, 
that grab hold of the truth and stand with God. Stand for truth. Don't go back. Don't go back. They could not enter in because of unbelief. For us this morning, Hebrews 3, 6, but Christ as a son of his own house, whose house we are, if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope, firm to the end. If, a big if, now, the days that we're living, as never before, hold on to your friendships in God. Hold on to your fellowship. Hold on to those that love God. Be faithful to Jesus. Be faithful to your Christian friends. Pray for each other. Hold fast. Don't let go. Don't let go. You say, well, I'm getting a bit older. Let me just take it a bit easy. Uh-uh. I'm saying, Lord, I need some more Holy Ghost. <laughs> Jump over here. <laughs> Some of you remember that. I won't do it again. <laughs> Speak from my heart to you now. What is our greatest challenge is unbelief. It's not okay to be ungodly. It's not okay. You know, some people think they can just do this and do that and run there and say this. And, and I'm saying no. It's not okay to be ungodly. Sonship calls you to godliness, to embracing the goodness of God, the holiness of God, the holiness of God. Christ in you, the hope of glory is in you. Embrace him. Take him as the house of God. It's not okay to be ungodly. What sort of house are we? What sort of house are we? Do we reflect godliness, righteousness, and goodness, and kindness, and mercy? Every good thing, do we reflect that? I say, oh God, help us if we're not. Help us to share powerfully the word of God, the word of faith. What sort of house are we? Aim for godly sonship. We have a high priest. We have a high priest. Listen to this. Therefore, in all things, he had to be made like his brethren, that he might be merciful and a faithful high priest in things pertaining to God, to make propitiation for the sins of the people. So if you fall... Who do you go to? You go to your high priest. That's the invitation. He says, come to me. You messed up, come quickly. There's a throne of grace. There's a high priest, Jesus himself. It says that he took on the form of a servant so that he could experience the temptations that we all go through. And he says, I know what you boys and girls are going through, but I will help you. I'll take you through. I'll give you my Holy Spirit. And should you fall, come back quickly. Come back to God. Should you fall, 
don't go back. This is what the Hebrew, the writer is saying, don't go back. I thank God for Jesus. I think he's merciful and kind and good. But he also has a mighty standard. And as we seek him with all our hearts, fast and pray, call upon him, he never fails to meet us. Never. Never. So you're broken, you're bruised, you've gone back. Make up your mind. Make up your mind. I'm not going back to the old. I'm coming into the new every day. More and more and more. Growing in grace and in the knowledge of Jesus. I'm going to close with Luke's Gospel, chapter 15. I'm not going to read all of it. I'm just going to relate some of it to you. It talks about the lost sheep, the lost coin, and the lost son. The prodigal. The three lost things. The lost sheep. Jesus says the shepherd goes out to find the sheep and he comes back and then he tells everybody, I found, I found the one that was lost. <laughs> I found the one that was lost. He rejoices over that lost sheep that was lost, speaking obviously of humanity. What about the lost coin? The woman looks in the house, I've lost the coin. When she finds this, oh, I found it. There's rejoicing in the house. When someone who was lost, for whatever reason, is found. No condemnation here in this house. Listen to me. I'm not condemning. I'm saying there is rejoicing. Every person that comes to Jesus, we rejoice and we say, God bless you. Coming back home. <laughs> back home. And then the lost son, the prodigal. I love the prodigal. I love that story. It gives dads hope. It gives mums hope. You see the prodigal leave and oh God. I someone sent me a video. Yeah. Janet, that was really touching, touched my heart. As mums cried out, saying, Oh God, deliver our children from where they've gone. Gone into Awful stuff. I'm not even going to mention it. Awful stuff. And there the mums, they were all crying out to God, saying, oh God, bring our children back. And it says in, 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 in Luke's Gospel, chapter 15, the father went out every day, <laughs> every day. Is, my, is that my son coming? And he looked, and one day he said, yes, my son's coming home. My son's coming home. I know what it's like to have son come home. Yeah. I know what it's like to have a daughter come home. Wow. What, what a beautiful day that is when you can... Just fall at the feet of Jesus and say, thank you, Lord Jesus, you're faithful. The father would go out and just keep looking and saying, yes, I'm waiting for the day. 
bus sheep, lost coin, lost son, all things lost. It's time to find the lost things. This is what I want to share with you this morning. Wonderful, wonderful. We are lost. There are lost people, lost, lost giftings, lost relationships, lost friendships. But we are the glorious house of God, and we help those that are lost to find their way. Hopefully, we are the wonderful door. We enter, we show people where to go in to the house of God. This is the house of God. You are the house of God. Say so. Collectively, we're a strong house. And we're a house of love and joy and peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. We're a good house. And we can invite the sinner and the broken and the bruised. We can say, come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. He never fails. He never fails to meet the needs of those that want to come home. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Matthew, can you just play, play for us? Yeah. Just gently play and sing with us. Perhaps you'd like to change your position just to stand for a while if you can. Would you do that? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Would you pray? Just pray in the spirit with me. I really don't want to close this morning without every head bowed, please, just for a few moments. Just for a few moments. If God has spoken to your heart this morning, and you're saying, yes, sir, I want to come back. Last, I want to come back. Or you've never known Christ as your Savior. Then I'm going to ask you to raise your hand this morning and say, please, Pastor, will you pray for me in Jesus' name? Is there someone here this morning? The count of three. Will you just raise your hand? I can pray with you, pray for you, someone, anywhere. Come to Christ. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. God bless you. God bless you. Is there someone else? Anyone? Come back to Jesus. Commit your life to Christ. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. God bless you. Two people that have said yes. I'm going to pray with them today in Jesus' name. Come, 
I want you to pray for these two men. Life is going to change for you today. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus, I pray for these men. That they'll have an encounter with you, with your Holy Spirit. Come, 